0: These people are sick.
1: This is real talk for real
2: people. You have officially crossed the border
3: into the free state of.
2: All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome on into another action-packed episode of the Free State of V podcast. I am, of course, your host Victor Takis, and tonight we take a look at Patriots on the offensive. What causes the libtards to go absolutely insane and nuts? You wake up the masses. Why? Because liberals, aka Marxists, aka communists, are tethered to untruths, are tethered to lies, are tethered to deceit. And when you expose all of that and therefore expose them, they go crazy. One of the first examples I have here, I'm going to play three clips, three sound bites, if you will, from Steve Bannon. As you may know, Steve Bannon was indicted last week for FBI false flag. Yes, an FBI false flag. If you're still out to lunch on that and you actually believe that January 6th was an insurrection incited by the Trump administration, we'll wait for you, brothers and sisters. We'll wait on your cognition and your ability to understand to catch up to the rest of us. That's about all I can say about that at this point. There are so many points of evidence, including just a multitude of video clips that show that there were FBI people on the ground and that Capitol Police were opening up gates and doors in order to incite a false flag and then blame it all on conservatives and all of the peaceful protesters. You talk about peaceful protesters. Those were the peaceful protesters. They weren't like the liberals, protesters. No, no, no. If it had been a liberal protest, they'd have burned the Capitol down. Oh, my God. I can't believe he just said that. They would have burned the Capitol down? Oh my! That's crazy. What a conspiracy theorist. Really? <laughs> After what we saw in the summer of, what was it, 2020? Uh, 2000, yeah, I guess 2020. And they burned down police stations and all that kind of stuff. Courthouses. They firebombed courthouses and stuff like that. You have to understand, this is not political. It's, it's not conservative versus liberal. This is um, good versus evil. And those who come out to burn stuff down and cause havoc on people's personal lives because they ruin their businesses and such, they're the bad people. And those who prop them up in the corrupt, sycophant seriously sick media they're on the side of bad too because they're propagating and as I said they're holding up this standard of hey we're just going to go along with this agenda and this narrative that there's racism but they don't care about the idea that regular American people who work very hard in this country they don't care about their lives being destroyed and their businesses being harmed or anything like that no not at all So tonight, we're going to do a little bit of a round robin and show you how the fight back has begun. We are on the offensive. The people who stand for freedom, equality, and liberty are fighting back. And if Steve Bannon is going to be indicted for contempt of Congress, for something he had nothing to do with, And it was run as an FBI false flag to make the Trump administration look bad. If he's going to be indicted for that, by God, he's going to speak out. And he deserves to be able to speak out. No, he doesn't. Steve Bannon is a bad guy. See, that's what the liberals will tell you. I don't give a damn what anybody thinks about Steve Bannon from a political perspective. The guy is an American citizen. He has his First Amendment rights. If he wants to speak out, he can speak out. Liberals, communists, Marxists, it's not just your voice that people have to hear. No. Why are you entitled to that freedom of being able to voice your complaints and your criticisms? But on the other side of the political aisle, others can't. We're all American citizens. We're all American citizens. We all have First Amendment rights. And Steve Bannon, who I really actually admire, I like the guy, former strategist for President Trump, the greatest presidential administration in the history of this country. Absolutely, yeah. Um, he is being falsely derided. And once again, the dumbass, idiotic, corrupt communist media is going to bat for the opposition against Steve Bannon. But Steve Bannon's not going to give up. How do I know? Just listen to what he has to say.
4: Steve Bannon, clip one. Hey, by the way, by the way, not just Trump people and not just conservatives. Every progressive, and every liberal in this country that, that likes freedom of speech and liberty, okay, should be fighting for this case. That's why I'm here today. For everybody, I'm never going to back down. And they 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 took on the wrong guy this time, okay? They took on the wrong guys.
2: You thought Steve Bannon was done? Hell no.
4: Steve Bannon, clip two. I'm telling you right now, this is going to be the misdemeanor from hell for Merrick Garland, Nancy Pelosi, and Joe Biden. Joe Biden ordered Merrick Garland to prosecute me from the White House lawn when he got off Marine One. And we're going to do, we're going to go on the offense. We're tired of playing defense. We're going to go on the offense on this and stand by. They, by the way, by the way, by the way, you should understand, Nancy Pelosi taken on Donald Trump and Steve Bannon. She ought to ask Hillary Clinton how that turned out for them, okay? We're going on the offense.
2: (laughs) I love it. Steve Bannon telling Nancy Pelosi, go get with Hillary Clinton and ask her about all this and how this stuff went for her, right? Because you may remember, ladies and gentlemen, Hillary Clinton spent four years in the Obama administration as Secretary of State, right? And then... As part of that whole leftist cabal there with Obama, right? Then she runs for president in 2016, and who comes through and kicks her ass? Donald J. Trump, ladies and gentlemen, right? Political winds shift here in the United States. Now, they didn't shift during Trump's presidency. We know that for a fact as well. The communists installed Joe Biden via election fraud. Donald Trump was doing a great job as president, and the people knew it, and he was reelected. But in this case here, this dreadful Joe Biden administration and Pelosi and Merrick Garland and all these liberal idiots, they are causing the political winds of America to shift drastically. And that's what Bannon's saying. Pelosi, take heed. You're on a political witch hunt, and it's going to bite you right in the ass. Boomerang, baby. And why is this important? Because with them bringing... Steve Bannon, to court, he has the possibility for discovery. And what is he going to find out? What are his attorneys going to find out about January the 6th and about so many other things that these communists have been doing? You see, Bannon knows it. So he loves it. Indict him. He wants to be indicted. Then he gets his day in court. And, for freedom-loving Americans, he exposes their dead asses. Steve Bannon, clip three
4: because we're going to get to the bottom of all of this, including Pelosi's role, uh, Benny Thompson's role, Merrick Garland's role, Joe Biden's role. Uh, so they better, I, I know they're going to be rethinking their executive privilege here in the next couple of weeks, but it's outrageous. That that doesn't even get into the whole thing of executive privilege and what's happening with President Trump, etc. But to me, this is so outrageous. And that's what I was saying. People should understand on that clip right there, there are people out there calling us insurrectionists, you're traitors, the guys with signs. My point was, hey, we're here, I'm here fighting this for those people too, we the United States of America. People have different opinions. Okay, they have different opinions, and that's what this country is based upon. It's, so, it's the most fundamental of our freedoms, along with freedom of religion. And so that's what the fight is. And hey, they—they—I uh, will just tell you—they picked the—they uh, picked the wrong guy to take on. In this, you know, so real, we're down for the fight.
1: Hey, Steve, real quick, if I can, um, you know that gentleman standing behind you with the DC Black History Tours sign. That's You can see him in the clip there. That's Don Folden. That's the guy who was speaking over at Lincoln Park the day when Antifa got in my face and tried to throw me down the steps there. Uh, that's the guy when they were coming after me. He actually stepped in and brought his sign in between that sign he's holding right behind you in between me and the Antifa. And he said, back off. This guy is not here to be violent. This guy is here to do his job and report. We're here to have a discussion. We're not about that. So I have a lot of appreciation for Don Fulton. And he was there for me. And I saw he was there for you today.
2: Very good. Our thoughts and prayers are with Mr. Bannon as he exposes the evil corruption that is Marxism slash communism. With you, Mr. Bannon. Keep fighting, baby. Steve Bannon is on the offensive. Patriots are on the offensive. America is on the offensive. And good is winning the war against evil. And we'll see a lot more of this as things continue to be breaking news. Perhaps the mainstream media won't report it. We're used to that. That's okay. That's why we've got digital soldiers out there reporting the truth. And ladies and gentlemen, speaking of truth, you know, while the left is busy verbally assaulting everyone on the right for being racist, oh gosh, everybody's so racist, would you believe that white people in certain areas of the country cannot get monoclonal antibodies to fend off COVID-19? Yes, that is true, ladies and gentlemen. But who's racist, right? Who's racist? Yeah, there are some portions of the country where it appears that if you want monoclonal antibodies to fight off COVID, you better be a minority. No whites. White people aren't allowed. And if you think that's a conspiracy theory, listen to this phone call. It will blow your
0: mind. Texas Infusion Hotline, this
4: is Dominique. Hi, Dominique. I'm just calling. Is it true that you're not giving monoclonal antibody infusions to white people?
3: No, that's not true at all.
1: Right, so a friend of mine uh, was down there uh, trying to get a monoclonal antibody infusion, and he was refused because he was not Hispanic or African-American. They told him that they were only... Well, there's... Okay, so
0: there's eligibility criteria that we go by, and uh, African-American and Hispanic are high-risk ethnicity groups, so that would be a qualifier. But that doesn't mean that we don't give it to white people. So it's it's for, we're prioritizing more vulnerable populations, so people who have an underlying medical condition, anyone who has an underlying medical condition can get it. But along with that, people with a BMI of 25 or higher, people who are 65 years of age or up, or... Uh, high-risk ethnicity groups can get it
2: so if you are a healthy in shape uh,
0: caucasian and you show up you are not going to get an infusion based on the criteria that we go by right now that is
2: correct that's it thank you wow what a great phone call this guy went on the offensive and he got to the truth He had to sort through the verbal bullshit there. And what did he figure out for us? Well, he figured out that the Texas infusion hotline, whoever the hell they are, they're the racists. They're the racists. They're not letting white people get monoclonal antibodies in order to fight COVID-19. Does anybody care about that? Is the media reporting that? No! Why would they report that? That's not part of their communist agenda, you see. Hey, I'm just a messenger. You heard the phone call. Speaking of COVID, many of you are holding out for the end of COVID. And you think that perhaps when COVID is over with, all of the mandates and all of the mask wearing and all of the control over your lives will be gone. But you know, Congressman Clay Higgins, former sheriff out of Louisiana, he's here to set the record straight. And he's going on the offensive. You see, the whole thing about COVID is that this is a deep state cabal trick being played on citizens of the world. And Clay Higgins knows it. And he's exposing it for the American people. Just listen to what he has to say.
0: Now I'd like to invite the uh, best-dressed sheriff from Louisiana, Clay Higgins. Thank you, sir. Ladies and gentlemen, the oppressors intent is for you to comply with their mandates and commands. And they don't expect for you to comply with their commands until the end of COVID. They expect you to comply with their commands until the end of time. Let me be very clear to all your oppressors You've drawn a line in the sand, be prepared to defend your position because some of us are free Americans and we would rather die on our feet than live on our knees. If you want to get a vaccine, get it. If you don't, don't. That's called freedom. Freedom is what's at stake and some of us are prepared to carry that fight with every drop of our blood on january the 3rd 2023 republicans will be sworn into the majority in this house behind us here the hallowed halls of congress shall once again be under the control of republican conservatives on that day myself and many of my colleagues will introduce legislation to reinstate my military brothers and sisters with full pay back into your rank. So stay hard, stay strong, stay in shape. We're gonna get you back in your slot. And to my business brothers and sisters out there, do not comply. Use Article Three. put your attorneys to work. Stand your ground. You have about a year to make it and survive. You can do it, but stand for freedom. And you'll find yourself in, in the company of patriots from sea to shine and sea. Thank you, my good friend, for arranging this conference today. Thank you. Some great words right there for us all to pay attention to. Congressman Higgins is playing offense.
2: Guess who else is playing offense? The wonderful, beloved, most patriotic, Candace Owens. Here's what she has to say about our current communist situation. Candace Owens is the host of Candace on the Daily Wire, and we're grateful to have her now. Candace, great to see you. So they are intentionally making things worse because tearing down what we have is a prerequisite to building utopia. I I think that is the answer to what we're seeing.
5: That's exactly correct. And this is a especially sensitive topic for me today, because I spent the earlier part of the day speaking to a North Korean defector. And I was actually horrified hearing her speak about what she lived through while she was in North Korea and understanding that, you know, what they're really trying to do right here in America is build exactly that model where the state controls and owns and operates everything. You will have nothing and you will be happy because you will have served some higher purpose, some higher government, some higher idea, which you're talking about, these ideologues, some higher idea, green new energy, you did it for your planet, you need to have nothing, You need to down these pipelines, you're not going to be able to afford to fill up gas, but look at you, you should be proud because now this is a part of the green new plan. And by the way, if you want anything, you got to worship government. This is the whole reason why when you talk about what is the thing that connects these attack of the education system, why are they dumbing down kids? Why are they being so horrible about families? Why do, they want par- why do they want children turning to government and not to their parents for answers? Well, one thing that ties this all is that they don't want there to be anything but the state in your individual lives. In fact, one of the things that this North Korean told me was that there was no concept of love, right? She said, we don't we don't have words like stress. We don't have words like social justice uh, in, in, in Korean. She's like, there's no concept of this in the state because they don't want you to even think about that because you're supposed to know that this is how things are supposed to be. Every movie that they're allowed to watch in North Korea, and this really terrified me, the only concept of anybody dying is for the state. The highest honor is for the state. We're seeing right now, and people thought this was a radical concept years ago. This is a Republican talking point. It's not. We are seeing America being radically transformed into a communist country. That is what is happening right now. People need to wake up to this, Tucker. I cannot say it enough because it's happening quickly. How have they done it? They needed an existential crisis. Well, COVID-19 is their never-ending existential crisis. This is why we have to take everything that you own. This is why we have to shut down your businesses. This is why you can't earn a living while we take trillions for ourselves, because we're here to help. No, we're not. We're here to take over every aspect of your lives and welcome you to a socialist reverie.
2: It just feels like the cost of this is getting really high. You can feel underneath, I mean, there are a lot of signs of it without being too specific, but you can kind of feel the society going sideways underneath. I mean, you you could see actual unrest. That's the last thing anybody wants. Do you think they're aware that they could be putting too much pressure on the population?
5: I think they're aware, but I don't think they're scared. You know, I think this is something that's been going on, going on for a very long time. It didn't begin with Joseph Biden. We know that, you know, Hillary Clinton would have been a person that helped to catalyze this had she have gotten, had she had become our president, but she didn't get that. And they felt like Trump actually stopped their plans. You know, they started this process very slowly and nobody really was awake to it. I certainly was and I thought, okay, maybe, maybe we are just trying to do some socially good things. Maybe they are just trying to help everybody out. But then suddenly when Trump was in office, it became very apparent that something else was happening happening in this country, you know, this, this obsessive focus, this obsession and focus on racism, on white supremacy, on making children say, look, and anything that happens in this, in this country is the fault of racism, not the obvious fault of what's standing in your face, which is that it is the fault of government. Every hardship that we're facing right now in this country is because of the government. We're not building back anything better right now, Tucker, and Americans need to wake up to that fact.
2: Candace Owens, thanks so much. Appreciate it. She's right. Candace Owens is a patriot on offense. And she's letting the whole world know exactly what is going on, especially those of us who are not awake to this crap. But I'll tell you who else is on the offense as a patriot, and that's President Donald J. Trump. President Trump knew about this dystopian nightmare long before it began. We are run by a syndicate of communist criminal thugs absent of any moral bone in their bodies. Their financial resources are virtually unlimited. Their political
0: resources are unlimited. Their media resources are unmatched and most importantly, The depths of their immorality is absolutely unlimited.
2: Now, ladies and gentlemen, it's pretty plain to see why patriots are on the offensive. Why are patriots playing offense? Because patriots know what is going on. We've known it for a long time. We knew that the only way Joe Biden could get into office was by utilizing massive election fraud. That was stimulated by the coronavirus so that people could use mail-in ballots and duplicate ballots and run up the fake numbers to be able to place his communist ass in office. We knew it. We called it. It happened. And now look at what's going on around us. And it's time that it's not just these people that we're focused on in this podcast standing up for freedom... But we all have to follow their lead and do the same. But I digress. Another person who is standing up for patriotism, for freedom, for equality and liberty and on offense is special counsel John Durham. And there are a certain small minority of people within the media who know this and who are fighting back against the wrecked establishment, the corrupt establishment. And one of those people, and I don't actually even know her name, but she's a patriot. Listen to how she grills the corrupt, idiotic, immoral, unethical Adam Schiff on The View, of all places The View. She humiliates Adam Schiff. And once again, I'm not completely aware of her name. Not that I'm not completely aware of her name. I'll take completely out. I don't know her name. But whoever she is, she's on offense as well. Listen to how she tears Schiff apart. Love it
6: you about something that's in the news a lot right now um you've been really prolific over the past few years being the head of the intel committee and you've defended promoted you even read into the congressional record the Steele dossier um, and we know last week the main source of the dossier was indicted by the fbi for lying about most of the key claims in that dossier do you have any reflections on your role in promoting this to the american people
4: well, first of all, uh, whoever lied to the FBI or lied to Christopher Steele should be prosecuted. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they are. Uh, and <clears throat> unlike in the Trump administration, if they're convicted, they should go to jail, not be pardoned. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Donald Trump pardoned Roger Stone for lying. He pardoned Michael Flynn for lying. Uh, if people lied to the FBI, they should go to jail. Um, But at the beginning of the Russian investigation, I said that any allegations should be investigated. We couldn't have known, for example, people were lying to Christopher Steele. So it was proper to investigate them. And let's not forget what we learned in that investigation. We learned that the Trump campaign chairman, Paul Manafort, was giving internal polling data campaign polling data to russian intelligence while russian intelligence was helping the trump and campaign to be clear
6: he was fired halfway through the campaign
4: well he may have been fired yeah but the the effort to get russian help continued and even beyond the effort to get russian help but you may have also spread russian disinformation
6: get- yourself for years by promoting this i think that's what republicans and what people who entrusted you as the intel committee chair are so confused about your culpability in all of this
4: well i, I completely disagree with your premise uh, it's one thing to say allegations should be investigated, and they were. Mm-hmm. It's another to say that we should have foreseen in advance that some people were lying to Christopher Steele, which is mm-hmm. impossible, of course, to do. But but let's not use that as a smokescreen to somehow shield Donald Trump's culpability for inviting Russia to help him in the election, which they did, for trying to coerce Ukraine into helping him in the next election. Mm which he did, uh, into inciting an uh, insurrection, which he did. Um, None of that is undercut. None of that serious misconduct is in any way diminished by the fact that people lied to Christopher Steele.
6: No, I think just your credibility is.
2: Boom! Wow. She makes Schiff look like more of a joke than he already is. And you'll notice Schiff uses the word erection when he tries to talk about the January 6th insurrection. I guess he learned that from... uh, the corrupt New York Senator Chuck Schumer, who also called it an erection. I find that kind of funny. (laughs) Now, let's go ahead and turn our attention to the Patriots on offense there in the Rittenhouse trial. None other than Judge Schroeder. Listen to Judge Schroeder there take down the prosecutor, the a corrupt deep state prosecutor fighting against Kyle Rittenhouse who shot and injured and killed rioters who were trying to take his life. Judge Schroeder, take it away, you Patriot. Why would you
3: think that that made it okay for you without any advance notice to bring this matter before the jury? You are already, you were, I I was astonished. When you began your examination by commenting on the defendant's post arrest silence. That's basic law. It's been basic law in this country for 40 years, 50 years. I have no idea why you would do something like that. And it gives, um, uh, well, I'll, I'll leave it at that.
2: So I don't know what you're up to. So just a little bit of context here in case you're not aware, the judge is tongue lashing. I mean, given this guy an absolute beat down tongue lashing, that is the prosecutor, for basically questioning as to why after he was arrested Kyle Rittenhouse didn't have much to say to the police as if that's some kind of uh, admission of guilt this dumbass, can you believe it? not the judge, I'm not calling him a dumbass, he's a patriot I'm calling the prosecutor a dumbass this prosecutor is going to go after Kyle Rittenhouse because he didn't speak to the police upon arrest? has he ever heard of Miranda Wrights? Ladies and gentlemen, you cannot make this shit up. He's going after this guy for not saying anything to the police. But do you know the words that are read to somebody when they're arrested? I'm going to repeat them kind of slowly here so we we make sure we understand this and make sure we're not missing something here because I don't know what the hell is going on with the prosecutor bringing this up. Miranda writes, when you're arrested, police tell you this. You have the right to remain silent, dot, dot, dot. There's obviously a lot more that comes after that, but the prosecutor's going after Kyle Rittenhouse because he remained silent. Wow. Now, if you think that's crazy, just last week, the prosecutor in this trial actually made the statement that if, in fact, you are carrying a gun... You do not have the right to self-defense. What? Can you believe that? So, the only way in which you can defend yourself is, I guess, just using your own two hands. But that would mean that the perpetrator who's going up against you, they're okay to have a gun, I guess. I I don't know. So, then you lose your life and the whole premise of self-defense just disappears. So, there is no self-defense essentially without a weapon, and yet this prosecutor, as dumb as he is, made this statement that if you have a gun, you lose your right to self-defense. You, you cannot – once again, you cannot make this up. It's unbelievable. And once again, I'm just the messenger on this. If you don't believe me, listen to the prosecutor. Because this is exactly what he said in court. You lose the right to self-defense when you're the one who brought the gun, when you're the one creating the
1: danger, when you're the one provoking other people. The defendant fired four shots at Joseph Rosenbaum and caused five wounds
2: total. Wow. Pretty brainless, if you ask me. And after all, this has been a pretty entertaining Kyle Rittenhouse trial where... Praying for Kyle that, of course, justice is served here in this instance, and that he is, of course, found not to be guilty because all he did was utilize his Second Amendment right as afforded by the United States Constitution to defend himself. He was not a perpetrator, he wasn't bringing a gun to a fight where everybody was unarmed. We know that to be the case. This mob chased him down in the street and all he was trying to do was put out a fire and uh, one of the people in the mob um, pointed a gun at him. And perhaps it was, I don't know, I think it was just one person that pointed a weapon at him. It doesn't matter how many it is. I mean, these guys are attacking him uh, not only with uh, firearms but also uh, beating him in the head with a skateboard. Sorry. Ask yourself. If people are chasing you down on the street and you're there trying to protect businesses and put out fires and stuff like that and trying to be a good person, but yet you're run down on the street and people are brandishing weapons against you and banging the side of your head with a skateboard and you have a firearm in yourself for your own protection, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? I know what I would do. And it's the same thing that Kyle Rittenhouse did. And that's just... The way it is. These guys picked the wrong fight and they paid the price for it, unfortunately. They reacted and they shouldn't have done so. They should have been a little bit more intelligent in their thinking. I'm sorry, but that's exactly what happened is that they made a terrible error on their own behalf because they were all charged up by the media Antifa and Black Lives Matter. Which, by the way, everybody involved in this whole shooting, they're all white. All of them. The um, criminals who were shot, white. Kyle Rittenhouse, white. But the media will have you believe. This is about racism. No, it's not. Every party involved here is white. We need to stop living this clown world whereby you don't even have people of a minority race involved, and yet it's still a racist event that occurs. I don't get it. I mean, common sense has got to come into play at some point in people's brains. And then here's another thing, too. The media will also tell you, well, Kyle Rittenhouse transported his weapon across state lines from Illinois to Wisconsin. That's not true whatsoever. It ain't true. That weapon was there in Wisconsin. He arrived there. He has family in Wisconsin. They're in Kenosha. And he brought that weapon out that night for his own protection. He didn't transport it across state lines. That has been proven. But he was too young. Wisconsin state law, which, by the way, is a very vague law, And the judge ruled on this too that even as a 17 year old, he had a right to carry that gun. The judge has thrown out that charge that Kyle Rittenhouse should not have had a gun because he was too young. You can gripe and complain and bitch and moan about it all you want that Kyle Rittenhouse was too young to be carrying a gun, but the judge has thrown that charge out. It doesn't exist. It's not even anything anybody can raise argument over. The judicial system there in Wisconsin has made it clear that that is not a legal charge, and they've thrown it out. So that's all the questions answered about Kyle Rittenhouse and his legal defense in regards to some of these gray areas. The guy was just doing what he needed to do to keep himself alive. You would do it. I would do it, and every other human being in the world would have an inclination to do that in a fight or flight mode in order to keep themselves alive. And that's why one of the basic human rights that we enjoy, and it's propped up by the Second Amendment to the United States Constitution in this country, is our right to self-defense to be able to keep ourselves alive in the face of evil and danger, and that's what happened here. Boom. That's it. Case closed. I don't know why the jury is taking so long to deliberate. That's fine. Whatever. The judicial or justice system is working. But I'm hopeful and prayerful that they bring about the right verdict for Kyle and his family. They've already been through hell. They've been crucified by the media. They've been crucified by the thugs and Antifa and Black Lives Matter. The communists there who just want nothing but chaos and riots and burning down of people's precious businesses? I'm sorry. I'll never join that side. It's evil. It's very easy to identify. You know, I don't think that the media's role in all of this can be understated. It's unfortunate, but the propagandization of the American people and people around the world by our corrupt media is at a fever pitch and... We have to continue to fight back against it. We know the media is controlled by the CIA, which is an arm of the Illuminati, which is an evil, evil, satanic organization. I won't get much into all of that here in this podcast. But the media has not done well for this country, for unity, and for getting beyond the racial divide. They've done nothing but make it worse. President Obama did nothing but make it worse. All you have to do is look back at recent history and especially during his administration and see exactly what happened there with Ferguson, Freddie Gray, and so many other things that have just brought monumental racial tension back into this country, the likes of which we haven't seen since the 1960s and the civil rights movement. It really is sad. It's appalling. And it's opening up some some very bad wounds. And um, so, once again, the media corruption is just the same as it has been in recent times. And there was a breaking news event today in which the judge told the MSNBC contingent there that they were no longer allowed in the courtroom uh, for televising the trial and for reporting on it because... We've come to find out that an MSNBC producer actually encouraged a person on their staff to get into their vehicle and run down the bus full of jurors. We don't know exactly why that is, but uh, there's a sneaking suspicion that this guy working for MSNBC was trying to get pictures of jurors in order to dox them, get them out into the public so that they could be intimidated toward coming out with a guilty verdict against Kyle Rittenhouse. You see, the playing field is not fair. It's not fair when the communists own the media, and these media sycophants who basically just do it for the money and go along with all of this, they don't care either. They'll ruin people's lives. It doesn't matter. These poor jurors who, through jury selection, actually showed up and were selected to be on this trial, and you've got the evil media trying to dox them. So... Judge Schroeder made a great decision on the side of fairness here in our judicial system in kicking out MSNBC. Here is exactly what the judge had to say about this big debacle.
3: Last evening, um, a person who identified himself as James G. Morrison and who claimed that he was a producer with NBC News employed uh, for MSNBC, um and under the supervision of a person, what's going on? Oh okay. Uh, under the supervision of someone named Irene Bayan in New York uh, for MSNBC, uh, the police when they stopped him because he was following at a distance of about a, a black and uh, went through a red light. PULLED HIM OVER AND INQUIRED OF HIM, WHAT WAS GOING ON, AND HE GAVE THAT INFORMATION AND STATED THAT HE HAD BEEN INSTRUCTED BY Ms. BAYON IN NEW YORK TO FOLLOW THE JURY BUS. THE MATTER IS uh, UNDER FURTHER INVESTIGATION AT THIS POINT, Um, AND THE MEDIA HAS ASKED QUESTIONS ABOUT IT. THAT'S THE LATEST I HAVE. And he was ticketed for uh, violating a traffic control signal. Uh, He's not here today, from what I'm told. And um, I have instructed that no one from MSNBC news will be permitted in this building for the duration of this trial. Uh, This is a very serious matter. And I don't know what the ultimate truth of it is. But absolutely, it, it, it would go without much Thinking that someone who is following the jury bus, uh, that is a very, it's extremely serious matter.
2: For even more context, here is the report from Fox News today on the matter.
7: That's a big deal. I think it speaks to this bigger issue of chilling free speech. And I don't mean on behalf of MSNBC. They wanted to change the narrative, they wanted to get pictures of people, and they know that's wrong. They know that that potentially, anybody trying to do it, whether it's MSNBC, somebody affiliated with them, (coughs) somebody just using their name, whatever it is. When you take pictures of jurors, you you endanger them, Emily. That's right, Harris. And just to flesh it out for viewers, so we just heard Judge Schroeder addressing an incident last night where a man who claimed his name was James T. Morrison said he was with MSNBC and he was initially pulled over for running a red light, essentially chasing after the juror bus. When pulled over by police for running that red light, he claimed he was under orders to follow the jury bus as part of his his position with MSNBC. Subsequently, he's been cited for traffic violations. The matter is under further investigation, and MSNBC is banned from the courthouse for the duration of this hearing or this uh, trial. Kaylee, your thoughts. Yeah, what has this led to, this media circus? They have so poorly misbehaved, which by the way, that means Joy Reid will have essentially no facts for her show, MSNBC not in the courtroom. She's been among the worst offenders to defame this young man among others at her network. But how poorly the media has misbehaved, defamed this young man, what it's led to, the judge as well, it's led to threats against the judge. I read one such threat yesterday. I have another here obtained by the Washington Examiner. Someone sent to the judge and his family, make sure and tell Schroeder what a worthless piece of bleep he is. He'll find out officially when his heart seizes up in a few years and he has to stand trial before a real judge. This is what defamation of a judge, of a person, uh, absolute media irresponsibility leads to. It also leads to, as we're learning in Kenosha, Five schools having to put the kids in remote learning, put the kids in remote learning because they're so fearful of what a verdict will actually cause in this community. We watched Kenosha burn about a year ago. Um, it was irresponsible. They didn't have the National Guard there now with the National Guards on standby. But we shouldn't be at this point. And the media has played a role in us getting to this point.
2: Great words there from former White House Press Secretary Kaylee McEnany and what's going on there with the Rittenhouse trial and this media circus. But somebody else who lent their two cents about this trial was Democrat Congresswoman Tulsi Gabbard. She's also on the offense as a patriot, and here's what she said about the Rittenhouse situation.
1: The prosecutor in this Rittenhouse trial obviously did not do his due diligence before making the decision to prosecute. This tragedy never would have happened if the government had simply carried out its responsibilities to protect the safety, lives, and property of innocent people. Bingo.
2: She is right on target. At this point, we're going to go ahead and turn our attention away from the Rittenhouse trial and look at another great patriot on offense, Special Counsel John Durham.
8: Christopher Steele's uh, fabricated dossier, which was bought and paid for, By Hillary Clinton and her campaign and the Democratic National Committee. Last week, Steele's primary subsource, Igor Danchenko, uh, who was also an analyst at Brookings, was arrested and charged with five counts of lying to the FBI. The third indictment in special counsel John Durham's probe, he has since pleaded not guilty. My next guest took the depositions of several of the players who were pushing the phony Russia collusion lie. Former Pentagon chief of staff Kash Patel joins me right now. He, along with Devin Nunes, cracked open this case. Uh, three, four years ago. Cash, it's good to see you this morning in a snowy Pennsylvania. Great looking shot there.
1: <laughs> Great to... Great, look, great to be with you, Maria. Thanks so much for having me from Happy Valley. So, Cash,
8: connect the, connect the dots for us. You heard Devin talking about the Brookings Institute. I'll bring up the graphic of Durham's indictment of Danchenko. Uh, talking about Danchenko working as an analyst at, uh, at Washington-based bank uh, think tank, which is the Brookings Institute, where he focused on Russia and Eurasian geopolitical matters. Uh, tell me about the connection uh, that Danchenko had in Brookings.
1: Yeah, that's a great starting point. And let's front load the conversation, Mario. Uh, John Durham issued uh, subpoenas to the Brookings Institute. I don't think most of America knows that, but he actually issued federal grand jury subpoenas for documentation, which we now know he used in his indictment against Danchenko. And who was Danchenko? Danchenko was Fiona Hill's former research assistant. Who is Fiona Hill? The world probably remembers. She's the one who conjured up the Ukraine impeachment fiasco. Um, in her time at the White House. And why is she important? Fiona Hill connected Danchenko to Christopher Steele. A political operative in the White House connected Christopher Steele to his primary source and allowed her to get all this false information into the FBI. How does that relate to Charlie Dolan? Fiona Hill also connected Charlie Dolan, the Clinton ally operative, to now Danchenko, the indicted individual under under Durham. Whose uh, documentation was recovered by John Durham, thankfully, through his lawful and appropriate use of federal subpoenas. And I think he's got a lot more coming.
2: So there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Special counsel John Durham has just netted his third arrest and indictment of corrupt players in the whole Steele dossier Russia collusion hoax. And I don't think it ends there. I think this leads right into Hillary Clinton's office. And it should take her down. And i got to be honest with you, if I'm her at this point, I'm quaking in my boots. And I think that's exactly what's going on. There's a lot of panic going on there in Washington, D.C. A lot of corrupt people are about to face justice. And that's what we've got to continue to hope and pray for. Tonight, we presented for you a lineup, an all-star cast, if you will, of the patriots who are on offense and we must be like them and be on offense ourselves hoping and praying for what is good in this world taking back our country our justice system and kicking out all of the frauds and those who don't belong in government because they don't they are not of service to the people but only of service to themselves and with that we're going to go ahead and end things right here please don't forget to check us out at our blog, FreeStateToV.com, as well as our social sites. We're on Pinterest, Instagram, Facebook, and Telegram. Hope you have a wonderful evening. We'll see you soon. Adios. (laughs)
0: Some burn return, listen to yourself turn birthday party cheesecake jelly